Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Second Kings chapter 13, the 13th chapter of the book of 2 Kings. We're going to begin at verse number 3. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse number 3. Just a brief story in this 13th chapter of 2 Kings. It says, The anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he delivered them into the hand of Haziel, king of Syria, and into the hand of Benadad, the son of Haziel, all their days. And Jehoaz besought the Lord, And the Lord hearkened unto him, for he saw the oppression of Israel, because the king of Assyria oppressed them. Now we could really skip verses 5 and 6. And we could go to verse number 7, and we wouldn't miss any of the story. For verse number 7 says that the outcome of this king, that had oppressed Israel, that he left them of the people of Jehoaz but 50 horsemen and 10 chariots and 10,000 footmen. For the king of Syria had destroyed them and it made them like the dust by threshing. And the story would be complete in just reading 3 and 4 and 7. But 5 and 6 is enclosed in a parenthesis. It's just a little injection into the story. It adds a little extra color to it. And he says in verse 5, And the Lord gave Israel a Savior, so that they went out from under the hand of the Syrians. And the children of Israel dwelt in their tents as before time. Nevertheless, they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, who made Israel to sin, but walked therein. And there remained the grove also in Samaria. I preach today by the help of the Lord from this subject. The Savior's parenthesis. The Savior's parenthesis. Would you ask the Lord to help us now? Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, for your help in the next little while. The breaking of the bread of life. And dear God, take that which you have placed in our heart and help us, dear God, to be delivered of it today. We need you, Lord, God, to break the bread of life and to bring a word here today that will change and alter the course of our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray, would you lift your hands and your voices to the Lord one more time. And would you give God a great sound of praise and worship all over this building today. I thank you today, Lord. I thank you today. I thank you today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. How many enjoyed English when you was in school? Oh, there's not very many hands. How many didn't enjoy English when you were in school? Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't do very good at it, and uh, I still don't do well at it. Uh, but uh, I understand there are certain structures uh, in the process of, of writing. And uh, there's this, this little thing called 
parenthesis. Uh, it's, it, 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 it is an injected thought into an already developing story. It is something that is a side note to what is already being told. It just gives maybe a little extra information, a little extra clarity to what's being told. You could actually leave it out and it wouldn't affect the story at all. But it gives a little extra information. This parenthesis is placed in what we know of as parentheses. Those little brackets that begin and end the parenthesis that is the injected thought, the idea, or this further development that needs to be just addressed just briefly. Now understand that when when the Bible was originally written in its original manuscripts, there was no punctuation. There was no breaks. There was no verses. There were no all of the things that you and I use in our English language to allow the flow of thought and moving from one sentence to the next, those things did not exist. So when the translators translated the original manuscripts and placed it into English, they added punctuations, divisions, paragraphs based upon the flow of thought And they found what we would know in the English language. They found these parentheses, these injected thoughts into the process of an already developing story that would allow a little extra clarity or provide maybe a little extra information. And so we see these parentheses throughout Scripture that has contains this extra thought or a little extra information. We, we read it on, on several occasions and we'll just look at a few because I think it's important in the outset of this this morning. Peter, Peter used it in the book of Acts chapter 10 and verse number 34 in the house of Cornelius. He's, he's standing there and he's preaching and he's speaking to this house that has now invited him via a vision and an angel that has appeared to Cornelius. And he's, he's standing there and scripture says in verse 34 that he opened his mouth and he said, Of a truth I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him the word which God sent unto the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ. And then he puts in a parenthesis. He is Lord of all. Now he was talking about the word that was sent that was preached by Jesus Christ. And when he mentioned Jesus Christ, it was as if he needed to pause for just a moment. Oh, oh! by the way, mentioning him, he is Lord of all. And then he goes back in verse number 37 and he picks up the word that he began in verse number 36 and says, The word I say ye know which was published throughout all Judea began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached and just gives a little moment. He said, I, I, I could move on, but let me just pause to say he's Lord of all. I, I'm, I'm talking about something else, but I, I just need to drop this little 
interjection into this process. Paul uses it in Romans chapter 1, verse number 1, when he begins his writings in this letter. He says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. And when he speaks concerning the gospel of God, he says, oh, verse 2, he adds this parenthesis, this little interjection into the process. He says, oh, Talking about the gospel, that's not something that just kind of happened, you know, just this kind of fell out of nowhere. He said it was promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scripture. And then verse 3, he goes back and he picks up what he had started concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David. And so he has this little interjection into the story about the gospel having been afore prophesied from the very beginning and was not something that just accidentally happened that just just came along as as something that was an afterthought and so he includes it in parentheses Paul will write in Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 4 he says but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ. And then he just dropped parentheses, just a little injected thought, oh, by the way, I just, just want you to know that by grace you're saved. And he goes back and he picks up his thought about what Christ had done, making them alive and says, hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He said, I just, just, just want to, well, I got it on my mind. I, I need to inject it. I, you could read the verse without those five words and it would still make sense and it would still get the message across. But Paul said, I just need to inject a little insight into here to let you know that you are saved by grace. And so every once in a while we just need injected into our life, just, just kind of going along. We need a little parenthesis, just, just kind of step into our world that He is Lord of all. And that this is not something that just happened of late, but it is prophesied from the very beginning. And just a little injection every once in a while in life that I am saved by the grace of Almighty God. Now, I conclude this morning and, and contend with you in the process of where I believe the Lord is wanting us to go that God does not do that just with Scripture. He does not just interject and drop in little things that brings further clarity or further information. But I believe in the story of our lives that he becomes a parenthesis. He becomes oftentimes the injected thought into the process of our life, the story of our life, the events of our life, and just kind of just drops in sometimes and we oftentimes can miss or think it's unimportant or it's insignificant if you're reading uh, books that have a lot of parentheses in them and you come to those, those parentheses, you have a tendency just to kind of want to get on with the process and you just skip over it and get on down because you know he's just making a side note that you're really not interested in and if we're not careful, the Lord can become our parentheses in life. 
And we can miss this interjection. And we can miss this, this, this time that he steps in and think it's unimportant and it's insignificant. And we just want to move on with the process of life. Because the story of our life will go on. Without that parenthesis, the story of our life will go on without that interjection, but it brings clarity and help to our lives. That such a story is the story that we find in the 13th chapter of the book of 2 Kings. It's the story of a man by the name of Jehoaz, who is the son of Jehu. And his story is contained in three tragic verses in 2 Kings chapter 13. It's simply a story that begins in verse number 2 that this Jehoaz did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord and that he followed in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat which made Israel to sin and he departed not therefrom. And then the anger of the Lord he's just putting his story now into a little neat nutshell that he followed after Jeroboam and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel and he delivered him into the hands of Ahazel uh, the king of Syria and into the hand of Benadad the son of Hazel uh, all their days and then you get to verse number 7 and it tells us what the son uh, or, or the son of Benadad did it tells us that he didn't leave of the people Jehoaz but some 50 horsemen 10 chariots 10,000 footmen for the king of Syria had destroyed them and made them like the dust by threshing. But the writer says, there's another part of the story that I need to tell you about. It's not all what would appear to be because Jehoaz asked for a savior and it would appear that his prayer was not answered. It would appear that there was no response to that but it is put in parentheses in the middle of the story. Oh, by the way, I need to tell you in verse number 5, the Lord gave Israel a Savior so that they went out from under the hand of the Syrians and the children of Israel dwelt in their tents. That prayer didn't go unanswered. God did answer that prayer. Now you could leave that out and you would have the complete story of Jehoaz, but it becomes this little parenthesis in the story that the Savior steps in. He comes in and interjects himself into the storyline. And he alters the course of it by allowing himself to become part of the process. Unfortunately for the nation of Israel, they squandered this interjection of the Savior. They squandered the intervention of the hand of God. He stepped into their lives. Just this brief little blip on the screen. There he is and then it appears to be gone. And they squandered it. And scripture tells us that nevertheless they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam that made Israel to sin, but they continued to walk after his ways. I, I want us to understand here today that I believe that God is wanting to interject himself into our lives. I believe that throughout the process of our life from birth to our grave that there are moments in our life that God just as a parenthesis 
Ephesus just kind of steps in to the middle of the process. Our lives will move on. We will continue to traverse the pathway of life. We will continue to go about the things as we have always done. But there will be a moment where there is the Savior's parenthesis, where he just steps in for just a moment and appears to us and makes himself known. It's at that moment that I better not rush to the rest of the story. It's at that moment that I need not move on with my life. It's at that moment I need to stop between the parentheses and say, God, what are you further wanting to do? What are you further wanting to bring about? What are you further wanting to elaborate in my life? Because if I miss what's in the parentheses that the Savior has brought. I may miss a life changing moment that will change the outcome of my story forever. Will my story go on and be told? Yes it will. But it will never have the same impact as if I would have paused in in between the parentheses and taken time that there is a Savior in my life. I wish I could tell somebody on this Sunday morning you may not realize it but you've got a parenthesis that's got a savior in it. You've got a parenthesis in your life in the hustle and the bustle of life and moving about from day to day and going about your daily activities. I'm here to tell you there is a savior that has entered your world. You may not be conscious of it. You may have slipped over it. You may have even bypassed it. You may not have even realized it played an important Oh, but I'd like for us to pause between the parentheses on this Sunday morning and realize that there is a Savior in my life. Somebody clap your hands and just shout for a moment to the Lord. Now when you look at this interjection of God into our life, and you look at this, this point where he steps in, it appears at some points and times to be kind of coincidental and accidental and sometimes we miss the divine plan of God's intrusion into our life and realize that God has designed to step into our storyline. He has designed from the very beginning to step into our world so that we have to meet this interjection of the Savior such as the story of the woman in John chapter 4. She's known in Scripture as the woman at the well. We see her as she goes about her daily activities and her daily life. We see her as she has struggled with her relationships, trying to put them together, failing at one after the other. Everything seeming to fall apart. She rises now. It's normal life. It's normal routine. It's the usual for the day. It's not out of the ordinary. It's what she has done from day to day for as long as she can remember. She picks up her water pot and she walks out to the well. There she goes to draw water as she's done day after day and moment after moment. But what she does not realize is that there has been a design of the Savior 
a parenthesis, if you please, to step into her life. For the Bible says in John chapter 4 and verse number 4 that Jesus said he must needs go through Samaria. There's somebody's story I need to inject myself in. There's somebody's story that I need to step in. It'll just be a little parenthesis now in her life. It'll just be a little clause that's kind of taken out. And hopefully she's going to recognize there's something there. Hopefully she's going to, it's going to add a little extra information, a little more direction. Will her story go on tomorrow? Yes, she will get up in the morning and she will pick up her water pot and she will go back to the and she will draw again. Will her story proceed? Yes. But it's just a little parenthesis in the middle that she's going to find the Savior and she's going to meet Him there. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, your story needs not to proceed as you feel that it's designed moving simply from hour to hour and moment to moment because I believe God has designed in His sovereign purpose and will to come and sit down in the middle of your life, sit down on your well, interject himself into your thoughts, interject himself into your process, doing what you've always done, hitting the alarm button on the, in the morning, getting up, going through your routine of preparing for work, getting in your car, starting it, backing out of the driveway, driving down the road, proceeding to your place of, of employment, going through your daily activities, but what you don't know, is God has planned a parenthesis right in the middle of your world where your path is going to cross Him and you can consider it unimportant if you want to and you can consider it just a little extra stuff that can be overlooked and I want to get on with the story of my life but I want to be like the woman at the well. I want to stop between my parentheses and realize there's something extra here that's going to help me change the rest of my life I'm trying to get somebody to pause for a moment not rush the story not wait to find out what the conclusion is not try to get to the final verse of life to see where everything is going let's pause a little while because in those parentheses is my help and in those parentheses is my strength and in those parentheses is that which is going to alter my course and I can't rush past it I got to stay there for just a little while it's in John chapter 8 that we find another woman She's known in scriptures as the adulterous woman. Her life was broken and frazzled. Her life was messed up and corrupt. And she was known for her deceit and her cheating and her immorality. And, and she, had, she had cheated on her husband and she had lived an immoral life. And she was in the process of living life out the way she thought it made her the happiest. And she was in the process of living life out the way she thought it benefited her and helped her in her daily life. What she did not know is on that particular day that there would be a parenthesis in her life. There would be a moment in which that the Savior was going to step into her world. It was just going to be a brief encounter. It wouldn't be very long at all. But what she found in those parentheses would alter her life. When the religious of that day brought her and cast her down at the feet of the Lord in the temple and said she's committed adultery and the law of Moses says that she's to be stoned and what 
say you and she doesn't understand she would just like to to get out she would like to remove herself from the the limelight and away from the place of embarrassment and shame and let's get on back with life but there's just a moment a brief moment there she may not understand all of it right now but just a brief moment of silence something's taking place in this story when the master kneels down on his knees and he takes his finger and in the unkept of that temple a temple floor that had not been swept in so long that it had enough dust to write in he began to write out something that we will never know but evidently it must have been the story of her accusers for one by one they begin to drop the stones and begin to walk away and she's just left with this little brief interruption in her life she can rise now and she can rush away she can go on about her life and skip this embarrassing moment but what's between the parentheses what's in that brief moment of explanation cannot be rushed over because there's something here that will change the course of her life ladies and gentlemen I just feel in the Holy Ghost on this Sunday morning to tell somebody God has been trying to interject himself into your world he's been trying to step into your life he's been trying to walk into your affairs he's been trying to get in the middle of your story you feel it's all designed and it's flowing out the way you want it to flow out but God says I just need to inject myself here I just need to let you know that in the process of your life there is a say is that not what the incarnation is all about when he came contained in human flesh he was the savior in parenthesis contained in human flesh everybody else was ready to move on everybody else was ready to overlook him let's get on with the story of life let's move on with our our affairs we don't have time to pause at this interjection and this interruption we we want to find out about everything else but what they didn't know that he was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and Paul will say it to Titus in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 11 for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men but ladies and gentlemen hear me today he was in the world and the world was made by him but the world knew him not they were so anxious to move on with life I wish I could stop somebody in your hustle and bustle right now I wish I could just bring you to a screech and halt. I wish I could get the hurry out of your spirit right now. I wish I could get the rush out of your mind. I wish I could get the feeling that I got to go on and see what the rest of life is all about. I wish I could get somebody to realize that right now there's a Savior that's parked on your well. That there's a Savior that's bent over riding in the dust of your life at this particular moment. That there's a Savior that has appeared and you might miss him because he's in parentheses he's not contained in a way that you can obviously see him but he is there and if you can pause long enough between the parentheses of life God has got a miracle for you somebody lift your hands and just say God help us come on do it with me right now God help us help us Lord Help us, you're trying to inject yourself into my story now. 
You're trying to inject. Oh, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Come on, he's trying to inject himself into your storyline, sir. He's trying to inject himself into your story, ma'am. It's just the Savior in the middle of stuff you might not recognize. But if you're not rushing, you'll pause between the brackets. God has got a miracle for you. He can change the rest of your story. He can change the rest of the outcome of your world if you'll pause long enough to realize he's interjected himself right there. It might be. It might be. It just uh, you, You've heard me tell the, the story, but I, I think it, it, it's kind of fitting here. There, there in, uh, in NBC, uh, however many years ago it's been now, and uh, she was just shopping just just shopping and uh, just trying to get her mind off of Rick the chemo and, and uh, trying to get her mind off of the, all of the feelings that was as a result of the chemo. And she said, let's go to NBC and just, just looking, just scanning the, the, the dresses there. When he walked up with that long, flowing white dress and in his broken English, he said, do you think my wife would like this dress and she had a hard time understanding his his broken English and she had to ask him several times when finally she understood you think my wife would like this dress and she said well I don't know your wife but it's a pretty dress and he just got to talking found out he was a preacher from Mexico an apostolic preacher from Mexico by that time, I've engaged the conversation. Do you believe that Jesus is the mighty God in Christ? He said, I believe that Jesus is the mighty God in Christ. And you believe that the name of the almighty God is Jesus? He said, that's what I believe. I said, do you believe that you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? He said, I believe, and he would repeat after me. We talked about it. He said, would you pray for me? Now, we're in the middle of the store. I'm very comfortable with praying, but, you know, come on, let's get real. Right here in the middle of the store, we've got to pray. And not only did he want me to pray in the middle of the store, he gets on his knees and sticks both hands in the air and wants me to pray for him. And I'm like, okay, here we are. And I just reached my hand over and laid it on his head and thought if he can be bold, I can too. And just reached over and laid my hand on his head and we started praying. And you could feel the Holy Ghost come into NBC. And, uh, and, and he, he stood up and he looked over at her. Nothing's ever been said. And he just looked over at her and he said, are you sick? And she said, well, I, I've been dealing with some cancer and on chemo. And, 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 and he, he looked at her and he said, the Lord just showed me that he's taking it away. And he reached over his hand and he reached his hand over toward her and he said, it's gone. It's gone, just like that. And it's just this, this moment, this, this interjection. It's just we're in the process of life. We're in the process of living. And God just kind of steps in in a parenthesis, just steps in for a moment. And it'd be real easy just to move on past it. It'd be real easy just to skip on over and say, let's get on with life. Let's rush on out of here. But you have to understand, you got to pause in between the parentheses of life and realize God had designed a moment. He had designed a moment. He had designed a moment to change the outcome. 
A few days later, we're standing in Mardell. And while standing in Mardell, I'm looking at some books. And a, an older lady walks up to me and she says, can I help you? And I said, oh, no, I'm just looking. I'm just browsing. And for some reason, she stayed around and, and started a conversation. And my wife comes up and we find out her story. She's, she's had breast cancer. And she's telling us the story. We haven't even told her about my wife yet. She's telling us her story about her breast cancer. And she's saying, she said, I didn't want to deal with chemo. And she said, so I begin to pray and ask God, should I take chemo for my, for my cancer? And, and she, she said, the Lord gave me this verse. And, and, and she starts talking to us about the verses God gave to her. And then we got to telling her about my wife's story. She had just finished chemo at that point, And she was going on with, with uh, some extra treatments that, that her, her, her what radiation and radiation and that the her seven uh, her septin drug that she was going to go on with uh, because of the extent of the the cancer cells and she was trying to determine whether she was going to do all that and she didn't realize that that woman's testimony because she was wrestling whether she should continue treatments or not and here it is just this little parenthesis right in the middle of life the savior just steps in so that a few days later she's standing she's sitting on the the end of the the, the, the bed in, in in the doctor's office and the doctor's trying to tell her she's got to go on you, you got to take this Herceptin drug. You got nine months of this. You, you, you got to come back and you got to take this, this radiation. It, 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 we can't do it any other way. And, and my wife looks over at me and she's got tears rolling down her cheek. And she turned around and looked at me and she said, If I believe God's healed my body, why should I take any more treatments? And she canceled all of that and walked out. And that's been many years ago. Just a little parenthesis in life. Just a little parenthesis in life. Just a little interjection. It'd be so easy to pass by it and go on. But somewhere or another, you got to pause in those little parentheses and realize that God is trying to do something in my life. God's trying to work in my world. Oh, the story would go on. She would still have her story. The story would still be there. But oh, when you find out what's in the parentheses, when you find out what has appeared to all men, that he is the savior, that he is the healer, that he is the deliverer. Hear me, friend. Hear me, friend. Don't skip over it. It's important. I know it's just a parenthesis, but it is important to what God wants to do in your life. You see, now, this, 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 is, this is the issue. You and I are stewards of the parentheses. We are stewards of these little injections into our life. You go to the book of Revelation you read in the second chapter of the book of Revelation, he's, he's given a message to the church called Thyatira. And scripture says there was a woman there that was named Jezebel. She was a literal woman. And, and Jezebel had a bad spirit. And scripture says in Revelation chapter 2 verse number 21, I gave her a space to repent. In other words, I just kind of injected myself. And I made a little... Little parenthesis in her life. I just kind of stepped into her world for just a moment. And said, Jezebel, if you won't skip over this moment, we can alter everything else. It'll bring a little more clarity and hope to the rest of your life if, if you'll just take advantage of the space that is here, this little moment of 
parenthesis that is, is injected here, but she repented not. She chose to say, I don't have time to read what's in the parentheses. I think I'm going to move on with life. And because she moved on and missed what was in that parentheses of her life, she missed what God wanted to do for her. Jerusalem missed it in the book of Luke chapter 19, verse number 42. He said, if thou would have known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things that belong unto thy peace. Verse 44, he said, and if you would have not, if you could have known the time of thy visitation, that moment when I came incarnated in flesh, when I walked amongst you, if you could have just missed, if you could have just seen my interjection into your life, it would change the outcome. But I'm trying to get somebody to stop right where you're at and tell you God's doing something in your life. Oh, I feel that in the Holy Ghost. I want to declare it again. God is doing something in your life. Somebody nudge your neighbor and say, God is doing something in your life. God's doing something. There's a parenthesis right there. Just a little pause in your story. Don't rush past it. Don't go over it. Just pause. We read that adulterous woman in the 8th chapter of the book of John. The story ends kind of odd. She's kneeling before the Lord. Realizes her accusers are gone and he asked her, says, who's accused you and condemned you? And she said, no man, Lord. And he speaks to her and he says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And it's in that brief moment, this little parenthesis in her life. Don't know the rest of the story. I'd like to think that that little interjection in life changed the rest of her story. But I've always been left wondering how did she act on that brief little interjection into her life? You see, Israel squandered. The Savior. He was there. Scripture tells us in 2 Kings chapter 13, God gave a Savior. But they missed the interjection. They missed that little parenthesis in life. And their life remained unchanged forever. There is in all of our lives, ladies and gentlemen, a Savior that passes by. comes by our life some form or some way it's just a little parenthesis in life we could easily rush over it we could easily miss it we could easily move on but I feel the Holy Ghost has given me a word on this Sunday morning would you pause between the parentheses today and would you find what God is trying to do. Would you just lift your hands with me all over this building? Would somebody feel in this moment right now 
a Savior. He's interrupting your life. He stepped into your story now. He stepped into your world. Are you going to rush on with the rest of your life? Or are you going to pause for just a moment and see what He wants to do and how He wants to change your life, how He wants to change your world, how He wants to move you from where you are Would you stand with me all over the building and would you just lift your hands and your heart to the Lord? Because this is my story. This is where we are right now. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.